bubblers, and welcome to My Streaming Bubble. It's the podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. I'm your host of this little old podcast, and today I welcome back my podcast brain twin and fanatic, Aaron from It's a Fandom Thing podcast. That's right. It's podcast crossover day. Welcome back, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me back. I I am so spoiled that you created this one, this episode for me. I feel spoiled because this is very exciting to be able to just gush about Finn without any uh, teasing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there won't be. Teasing. Yeah, no teasing, no sass, just nothing but love and, and gushing about Finn Whitrock. Yes. So, yeah, you may have heard Aaron going on and on about the certain actor with amazing hair in her live streams or past episodes. I don't know which ones exactly, but I think it's safe to assume all of them. <laughs> but, <laughs> the very talented, incredibly handsome Finn Whitrock. And we will be discussing a handful of his movies and TV roles that he's appeared in. So please be sure to check the episode description for titles and times if you're worried about any spoilers. So we'll go right into it. and. Aaron, what was the first thing you remember seeing Finn in and what kind of impression did he or his character leave on you? And then when did you become obsessed and who enabled you? <laughs> and who, I love the who enabled you part. Um, you know, this this was really hard because I was like, I know I have seen him for years and stuff and I did not become a fanatic, <laughs> a fanatic until like later. But so it had to be American Horror Story. I, I'm positive it was like Freak Show. I'm pretty positive that was. But it also could have been All My Children because I am a soap person and I used to watch All My Children. And so I'm thinking that probably was it. But the first time I really noticed him would have been American Horror Story Freak Show. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then American Crime Story also was those were the two that really made me take notice of him but I became obsessed with him <laughs> uh, with American horror story, uh, double feature uh, red tie. The first part, the actually good part. And it was, and this is so shallow because I thought he was a great actor before this, but his hair, honestly, his hair is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. It's the most perfect hair ever in that season. It really is. Mm-hmm. And that is when I became obsessed with it. Uh, you helped enable me, of course. <laughs> you did. I did. I, I would say Susie, another Aaron A. I think everybody that was kind of involved with that helped. And then it became this thing where, like, I mean, we have our own private DM that's <laughs> the titles, which I've been very bad and neglectful of lately. But yeah, I, that's that's what really, really kicked off the obsession. And then I'd go back and go, oh, yeah, well, I've, I've seen all these and he was in them. But it's just weird now that he's makes a different impression when I go back and watch some of this stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and absolutely agree. Same thing. It was likely freak show. The first time I first time I really remember seeing Finn and God, that character is just so fucking terrible. But he does such a yes. great job with terrible characters. <laughs> and then, yeah, his hair. I'm a sucker for good hair and red tide. It's about and. In some of the movies, too, he's got the longer hair and it kind of hangs in his face a couple scenes. And that's when I realized, like, that's what does it for me is when it's kind of over his eyes a little bit or, oh, it's just so good. I just want to run my fingers through it, ruffle the hair a bit and then put it back all nice. 
it's such good hair. <laughs> it is. It's it's incredible hair. I I mean, and it's the dark, and because it's black hair, and that's mm-hmm. my biggest weakness on men. And his eyes are gorgeous oh, too. God, so it's yeah. just it's just a combination there. So <laughs> yes, he's he's an he's an extremely handsome fellow. Very yes. very handsome. Yes. Very hot. Very good looking. And a lot of fun to watch. So we watched, mm-hmm. we put together a little list, little list. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kind of kept adding to it because I was like, oh, and then this one and this one. I was like, oh, my God. But he uh, he's he looks so good in all of these movies. And so it was kind of fun to go and see, to watch some of these things that I normally, I mean, these a lot of these movies have been out for a while and I hadn't seen them for reasons because they're just not my my cup of tea. But he's he's very good in all of these, no matter how big or how small the role. Mm -hmm. So we've got, like I said, a nice little list. And I guess we'll just kind of start off with the first one on the list of and these are more of his starring roles. Uh, My (gasps) All-American. Sorry. (laughs) She doesn't want to talk about this. Fergie. Okay. I didn't like those movies either. No, (laughs) she probably did. It's not her cup of tea. Yeah, I know. Sorry, she's, go ahead. She's more like us. She likes the, yeah. the horror, the dark and fucked up. Yeah. I respect that. She's got yeah. good taste. But yeah, so my All-American, I kind of want to get this done out and over with <laughs> just because I'm watching this movie and it's OK. So it's about the true story of a college footballer. What was his name? Freddie's Freddie something. Freddie. Something, I yeah. How could I not remember this? I just watched this. I'll look it up while you're talking. OK. But it's, yeah, so it's the true story, Texas, college football of the late 60s, inspiration, football, porn movie, and written and directed by the same guy that did Rudy, and he's got a handful of sports movies, so that's, I guess, his niche. That's fine. The movie was well done. Finn was great in it, but I don't like these kind of movies. (laughs) Everything was just like too perfect. There's like no conflict other than the cancer diagnosis and the name. You know, he he moves, he comes to town or no, the, the pretty girl moves to town and they instantly like hook up and fall in love and they're perfect. Like, ugh, give me she conflict. had nothing was written about her either. She was like <laughs> the most two dimensional character. It was so annoying. Yes. She was just the pretty arm candy and she was very pretty, but <sighs> Uh, I just, I was so mad by the time I finished this. I don't do well with happy inspiration type movies. And I'm like, so these football, these sports movies are the jocks rom-coms. And my husband's (laughs) like, yeah, we love the underdog. I'm like, he's not even a fucking underdog. He was great at football the whole time. (laughs) And he was short, Jen. He was short. (laughs) (laughs) I know he's the underdog. I guess I never, that's the thing. I don't know if I guess at all. So. Well, because because of his position, though, too, I think uh, defensive yes. player. So but I never realized how tiny he was until yeah, he's only like five, five, seven or five, five nine, nine or something like that. Yeah, he's short. So, so, yeah. What did you think of of his role playing the main character, Freddie something or another? Freddie Steinmark. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, I this movie. Um, <laughs> here's the thing. And I, I actually am okay with some sports movies. I, I like, like if they're baseball movies, especially cause I like baseball and sometimes I can fall into these traps of this very sweet thing, but I, okay. So he was good, but at the same time, 
his character was so saccharine and so like pure beyond pure. Mm-hmm. And I even read one review saying this really, this doesn't do his legacy any, any justice because basically what you're watching is this person who does nothing ever that's wrong or bad, you know, is a total good Christian guy. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of annoying because it, it's not his fault. He was good in it. It's just, I didn't like his character because it was so annoying to watch this overly good guy who doesn't, I mean, he, who I think it would have been more interesting to watch this movie because they don't even get to the part where he has cancer until like you're an hour and a half into this movie. Mm -hmm. And it would have been so much better if they had had a little bit of the football and then got into that. Because I think watching him after that would have been so much, would have been a much more fascinating story. Mm-hmm. And to watch him struggle with that maybe and to struggle with what that meant and what his identity would have been because he was basically like, you know, I mean, this line that's just like failed dad's living his dream through him. His failed mm-hmm. dad was, you know, so it would have been interesting to kind of explore that a little bit more yes. and make it a little bit more complex. So that part bugged me, but he was good. And then I just want to say this film was shot in Texas, but part of it takes place in Colorado. This was the least representative of Colorado (laughs) because I'm sorry. First off, we don't have accents like the accents they had some of the people have in here. Second off, the mountains aren't always like right there. They just aren't. (laughs) And it just always bothers me. I know this took place in the sixties, but it's still, I don't know that just, so I just wanted to say that. (laughs) No. Because it irritated, it always irritates me. I took a note on that. This is not the way. <laughs> you know, you bring up the accents, and I couldn't help but notice that it seemed like Finn's character, Freddie, developed more of like that southern draw throughout the rest yes. of throughout the movie. And I'm like, okay, so you're living in Texas. You fine. I'll I'll accept that you pick up a bit of that region's uh accent or what have you. I, I never sounded, I never used to sound so youpery until I moved to Wisconsin. I've lived here now longer than I lived in Iowa. And when I first moved here, everyone's like, you talk weird, you have a weird accent. And I'm like, uh, excuse the fuck out of me. <laughs> Y'all are the one who's like, oh no, and everything. And side note, I was told when I first moved here that people like Wisconsinites could tell that I was not a true Wisconsinite because of the way I said Milwaukee. I pronounced the L in Milwaukee and apparently residents lifers it's Milwaukee and I anytime anyone says the city's name I listen it's it has fucked with me and it's been like doesn't matter how many years now but so but I still say the L and I'm like I guess I'll never be a true Wisconsinite because I pronounce the letters that are in the fucking name sorry that's hilarious (laughs) Yeah, there's some towns here that are like, if you pronounce it this way, you're definitely not from Colorado. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the accent was was kind of weird. And I'm like, I don't think you've been in Texas that long where you would would have started to whatever. So that was odd. But yeah, that movie, I agree that it does not show his range. I in watching that movie, because like you said, his character is just such a sack of sugar. It's like I like tormented Finn. He does it so do well. <laughs> I know it's horrible to say that, I guess, but we, we like you tormented. Finn. <laughs> that's usually when the hair falls in the face and you look super sexy. No. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So, yeah, that's a movie that exists with him in it as a starring role. He does fine. But if if you're not into that kind of thing, then I don't I don't know. It's up to you. <laughs> it's up to you. I, 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 I can't say that I recommend that movie because I can't. But it's 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 not the worst thing on the in the world. But no, no, no. <laughs> So the other movie that I've got on the list is The Submarine Kid, which was written and starring Mr. Finn Whitrock. What did you think mm-hmm. of this movie and his role and, and the writing and everything? He was so damn good in this movie. Okay, you want to talk about Tormented? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's dealing with a heavy PTSD and heavy suicidal ideation in this movie. So trigger for that. I guess I should have said that before I said that, but He's dealing with that big time in here and he is so good. And it's a really interesting story. It's like, because basically what it is, is it starts out, there's a story of this submarine kid who was this guy who had the world record for holding his breath underwater. And he was engaged to this beautiful woman. And then he like disappeared or vanished. They could never find him. And he happens to, and like, and Finn is coming back from a tour of duty in Iraq. I think that's where he was. And he's dealing with PTSD. He has a girlfriend, but he doesn't even want to like touch her really. Mm-hmm. And he's very distant. And he meets this other girl um, played by Emile DeRaven, mm-hmm. who I'm sure people who watch Lost or I know her way back when from Roswell. Oh. <laughs> I always think of her from that. And she's, she's, really sweet. And she's actually a really good friend of Finn's. And I want to say the person who directed this, Eric Billich, who's married Mm to Emile DeRaven, DeRaven is one of Finn's really good friends. And he also directed uh, Locating Silver Lake. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and he had a bit (laughs) That bit I knew. I didn't know he was married to uh, Emile, Emily, Emile, whatever. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, DeRaven. I'm not sure. Yeah. I uh, and I recognize her from Lost and Once Upon a Time because she was in that. And she oh yeah, that. yeah. Once Upon a Time. That's right. Yeah, that went too. But so he meets her and they have this real bond come together. And then she's talking about this book that was written about my about the submarine kid, and it becomes kind of an obsession of his, and it becomes an obsession of his to try and do what the submarine kid did, which really to me is just an obsession with him trying to, I think, exercise his demons. But also, I think there is some suicidal ideation there. I don't know if you agree with that. And it's really just watching because there's a big twist. I'm not going to say it. I don't know if we want to spoil it, but you can spoil it if you want to spoil (laughs) it. I don't. But uh, with with the Emile DeRaven character, there's a twist Mm. with her. And He's he's just so good in this movie. And I think that's the main reason to watch it. I think it was well-written. I would love to see more stuff that he's done. I know he has talked about a romantic horror movie that he has written. And I that's what I really Ooh, want that. That's what yeah. I want is I want that to happen <laughs> really badly. But I think he's a good writer. He's a good character. He You can tell he's an actor with his writing because he writes character first. Mm-hmm. And I always think that's good anyway. But the characters are really well fleshed out, I think. And all the performances are good. But yeah, he's just, he is so flippant good in this movie. He has some scenes of breakdowns and a little subtle. He does subtlety really well. And he yeah. has little subtle moments. So I I loved him in this. I It's not like my favorite movie. Um, I wanted, there was something that I wanted more of. And I'm not 
positive what it was, but I thought overall it was really well done and really well written. And like I said, all the performances are great. And if we want to give away the twist, I'll, I'll let you give away the twist if you want. Okay, I will. <laughs> Yeah, I was. So I've always seen this kind of pop up uh, on Amazon Prime, the 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 uh, cover for, for it where he's in his uh, military uniform and like waist high in water. And you're just kind of like, what the fuck? So when you watch the movie, it all makes sense. But I wasn't expecting to like this movie as much as I ended up liking it. I loved the story. I thought it was kind of like a fun little twist on that urban legend of Mm -hmm. here's here's the spoiler of ghost girl you know and i uh i ended up reading the the twist before finishing the movie and i was like god damn it but that actually kind of made me pay more attention to her scenes and and everything but either way i thought it was an a fun an interesting kind of take on that uh lore the the little ghost story of like the ghost girl pining for her lost love type thing but yeah, he becomes obsessed with her and what like he falls in love with her. Yeah. But I, I don't know if he actually fell in love with her or just the idea of something so different, because like you said, he wasn't interested in his current girlfriend. You know, war had obviously affected him. And now he's just kind of looking for something else. He's being haunted by what happened when he was stationed overseas. He had accidentally killed a woman. And so he's kind of seeing her everywhere. So he's being tormented there. And it was almost just like all of this was just his way of latching on to something different and maybe a little exciting and trying to escape from coming back home. And, Mm -hmm. and I just, I thought, yeah, it was so good. And it was crazy because it was like, he's, I think you're right. I think there were maybe some underlying like suicidal tendencies because the only way after a while he could uh, come face to face with her. Was her name Alice? Was that the character's name? Yeah. yeah. Was basically going unconscious. So he would hold his breath. Then he starts trying to hold his breath for longer and longer and start wants to become the submarine kid so he could live in this kind of world, ghosty, I don't know, world that she's in, this dream type world. And he just, he keeps trying and people keep pulling him out of the water. And then he's waking up because people are giving him CPR and chest compressions. And he's like, no, I need to go back. So I think maybe his character didn't even know, didn't realize that maybe he had suicidal tendencies, but this was just his way of trying to just be with her, this person he quote loves. And it was so amazing to watch these, watch his performance I loved, like, I really liked the story and I thought he did a really good job writing it and starring in it. He's got his little group of friends, which that seemed, those characters seemed a bit more like cliche, kind of out of the box. Yeah. He's got sure. their, his one like Southern friend and he's like, apparently I'm a stereotype of myself. I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> but they're, they're all concerned and they, they're trying to help him. And I was like, yeah, taking him up to a cabin to get hammered is probably not the best way to help. But assuming these guys are in their 20s and whatnot, it's okay, fine. (laughs) I think we've all tried to help our friends in that way. Like, let's just get drunk and forget about it. But yeah. And I was kind of worried that maybe the movie was going to end on a bit of a downer. So I was kind of glad that it didn't actually. Mm -hmm. And that he was able to kind of come face to face, confront his demons 
and not necessarily get all better, but definitely taking a big step kind of in that direction. So they have a moment where the friends think that he's gone, he's, he's taken off, or maybe he's drowned in his attempt to try and become submarine kid. And he kind of has a moment where he's underwater. He comes across like the body of the submarine kid because he finds the goggles. And that's when it all kind of all sinks in and he's able to basically put submarine kid and girl and Alice to rest and for him to kind of put that obsession to rest and then maybe move forward with getting better or, you know, a happy ending. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. And, and a little bit of trivia, uh, the house, um, Spencer's family's house is, is Finn's house. Yes. Like his family home. I thought that was so flipping cool. <laughs> I did too. I was like, oh, your I mean, house makes, is so cool. It makes sense because, I mean, this was a very independent movie, so I'm sure they didn't have the budget. So that makes sense that they would use it. But I just mm. thought that was a cool little bit of trivia. And his brother played the submarine kid. So I, yeah, I, I yeah, like that. Yeah. And his brother has popped up in some some other few other things, too. So I think that's that's really cool. And his brother is mm-hmm. adorable, too. So yeah, submarine kid. I would recommend that. I think people could definitely, oh yeah, should definitely check it out and just kind of see what you think. It's a good flick. It's not super long, so and you get to watch Finn, and he's adorable. He's so good in that movie. I just, I think he's just so good in that one. I think that's one of his best performances. Honestly, I, I agree. So. All right, so now on to Shakespeare, <laughs> Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> She just got her head in her hands like, oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So ad- Shakespeare adaptations that take place in a in a current present day and but they didn't change the dialogue. So it's all original Shakespeare. Very kind of similar ish to uh, Leo and Claire's Romeo and Juliet, just in that sense. Not mm-hmm. as stylized and flashy, but modern, but keeping the. Shakespeare lingo. I feel like these are always just kind of tricky to do. And you're not always going to get a Romeo and Juliet, you know, Leo and Claire type reception of these. What did you think of Midsummer Night's Dream? Because it also has Lily Rabe. Yes. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) And it has Hamish. I don't remember how to pronounce his last name. I I love him. Or, I think that, no. yeah, I think that's, yeah. And who's actually with Lily Rabe in real life. I think they're married. Um, and he's also really good friends. It's, it's funny because you watch these and you're like, oh yeah, I know he's really good friends with Finn Rock too. And so it's just interesting watching them together. And I just think Hamish is so good. Go watch, you know, Midnight Mass. He's amazing in that. Uh, <laughs> this movie, I, I really wanted to like this movie. I want to say that. I really wanted to like it. This is one of my favorite Shakespeare stories. So I really wanted to like it. I just didn't. I really, this movie was like nails on a chalkboard for me. I'm really sorry. I just really, it was because I think I would have liked it more if they hadn't left the dialogue, if they had changed it and updated it a little bit. And I understand why they did it. But like you said, it's so hard to do that and to make it work and not seem like a gimmick. And this just seemed like a gimmick to me. Mm-hmm. And while I think all the performances are good and, you know, they tried to make it sexier and <laughs> everything <laughs> like that. And I appreciate that, but I don't know. It, was, it wasn't it was my cup of tea. I 
would be interested, and I'm going to have to ask her because I think Meg has actually seen this movie because I I think she mentioned that. And I'd be interested to hear her take because I know she's a theater kid like I was a theater person. So I th- it, that could be why I'm also pickier about it. Oh, sure. You know, so it, it just, I don't know. I just didn't really enjoy this one. And watching it with commercials was so flippant obnoxious because there was one scene and I didn't realize it was going to a commercial and it went to a commercial for cheese or something. And all of a sudden it was a grilled <laughs> cheese sandwich. And the way it was doing, like, this is a weird scene to put in this movie. And then I went, oh, this is a commercial. <laughs> My God, I had those moments too, because it's not like, it's just so random. It'll be like mid sentence yes. and yeah, primer, wherever I watched it was just be like, hey, it's time for a commercial. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I know. Now I, I want know. grilled cheese. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I was not a fan of this one. I, he was good. I mean, he's, he was good. I just, I'd love to see him on stage is what this kind of yes. made me want. But yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it was, it was fine. I wasn't, I mean, the, the, the performances were good, but I wasn't like blown away. And then the fact that like the ass was a, actual ass I was like Mm. why what were you guys on when you decided to make the ass a literal ass I was like that's I don't know that that one did not sit well I was just like I don't like this (laughs) Mm -mm. but I thought he was very very good and you know it was kind of nice to see Finn and Lily share screen time together and not being tormented by Ryan Murphy Agree. Although he was he was so much meaner to her than he was in Red Tide. <laughs> That's true. He was at first. Of at first. <laughs> so That's all was. I could think. I was just like, oh man, is this Harry yelling at his wife or no? <laughs> but it was it was fine. Yeah, I think it would have been better had they updated the the dialogue as well. But I don't know. They, like I said, these are tricky. But he does a really good job. Mm-hmm. And fun fact, Finn and Christian Bale have both played Demetrius in movie versions of Midsummer's Night Dream. I'm sure you saw that. Just yes. in case you didn't. I saw that and I was like, oh, I bet she knows that. I make sure to say it first, though. Because <laughs> you just got done doing your bail, uh, bail month. Yes. And. So I was just like, oh, my God, the timing of this is almost too perfect. That's so funny. Yep. Mm-hmm. since we're we're going to jump down a little bit. And since we're talking about Christian Bale, I want to talk about the big short because I did just watch that the other day. That movie is so fucking good. Yeah. And this movie, it's like knowing because I lived through it and everything and knowing that there isn't really a happy ending. I was like, <laughs> it was such a downer. <laughs> I wasn't in a good mood when I finished the movie because it's a very, very good movie. They do a very good job explaining the housing bubble popping. Um, Mm -hmm. I am not a scholarly intellectual person. So there's things I still don't completely understand, but I appreciated the little fourth wall breaking and bringing in celebrities to explain parts. Anthony Bourdain being my favorite one out of all of them. (laughs) But we didn't learn anything. So I'm just like, I'm so mad. I know. <laughs> but the performances were great. I thought he was so adorable as this like little garage band finance group or whatever it is. 
and yep. just working him and his partner, just working their way up, working with uh, Brad Pitt's character to kind of get the uh, support that they needed. But great movie. And now that I know that there's fourth wall breaking in the movie, it makes that creepy Christian Bale gif make a bit more sense because I'm like, why is he staring into my soul? And the fact that it happens in the first like 10 minutes of the movie, I'm like, oh, <laughs> so scary. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> but that's a great movie. I'm what did you think? I'm pretty sure you loved it. I love this movie. I absolutely love this movie. I think everyone should watch this movie. Uh, I think it's a very important movie. I think it'll terrify you, especially the postscript and knowing, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, what um, what Christian Bale's character is uh, investing in now will make you even scared, which is water, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that nobody did anything and nobody did anything even when they saw it coming it, it is really terrifying. You know, I, I've worked in real estate on and off my whole life. I used to work in mortgage industry when this was all happening, when it first happened. And I remember underwriting loans, which means you're basically checking them to see everything's okay. And we would see stuff come through, like, this is not a very good thing. And we would be tasked with more pointing out stuff and people just kind of ignore things and you could see it coming. And it was like really, really busy. And then it was like really weird how it just boom overnight, it was just done. And this was before the bubble even happened. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just, it's just really, really scary. And I had forgotten how big his role was in this movie. Cause I was like, I remember he's in this, but I don't remember how big. And he's really adorable. And the scene I want to point to is when you first meet him and his partner and they're going to this big bank and they're trying to pitch their stuff, which I still don't quite understand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I but I think it's just because I'm not a big finance person. And when they leave, and you know, the guy's like, no, we're not interested, and they leave and he curls up yes. in the chair. It is so cute. It's so adorable. And this look of like oh humiliation and defeat. And he turns into like a little boy. Yeah. And it's so I just love the way he plays that scene. It's really good. And I thought he had really good chemistry with the people he's playing off of and with Brad Pitt and everything. And it's another character that's from Boulder, so Boulder, Colorado. So I thought that was interesting too. A little bit more accurate when they would show that <laughs> the other movie, uh, <laughs> and more accurate to Boulder people too. Mm -hmm. I went to high school in Boulder while living in Denver. Lived in Boulder for a couple of years after high school, and Boulder thinks it's in its own little bubble and of um, you know we are above everybody else, kind of. <laughs> a lot of yippies. Yeah. So yeah. Say that. Uh, but yeah, I liked it. I, I love this movie so much. And we actually on my podcast, we'll be talking about it next year for Christian Bale month. And yeah. Christian Bale is so fantastic in this movie. I just yeah. want to say that. Too. I know we're not talking about him, but just pointing that out that he's amazing in this movie, but I love to fit in it too. And it's, it's such a, it's such an important film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I was telling my husband about this one. Like, I think you'll really like it because he likes like real history and not like fiction history. You know? <laughs> he, he gives me shit because he's like, you remember all these weird alien character names, but you can't remember anyone's real name. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like you can remember the events and like Marvel and shit, but you can't remember actual history dates. I'm like, well. <laughs> <laughs> Those weren't as cool and fun. So no. 
But yeah, it's it's a super good movie. And yeah, don't expect to feel very happy when you're done watching it. But it's a very important movie, like yes. you said. And when what was it? What did I read? Something to when things started kind of taking a shit again. They saw an uptick in rentals in this movie and Wolf of Wall Street. And I'm like, so everyone's just trying to understand the market through movies. <laughs> and I haven't seen Wolf of Wall Street, so I don't know how quote like accurate <laughs> anything is. But I felt like Big Short was really good, especially the way they kind of tried to break things down to mm-hmm. be as simple for us lay people as possible. And like I said, there's still a whole shitload I don't understand. But yeah, Ryan Gosling's in it. A lot of familiar faces and just a really good fucking movie. Let's get to two that I didn't get in. Semper Fi. And you said you did see right when you get to work. It's right when you get work, not right. When, work. Yeah, sorry. Right when you get to work. <laughs> yes, that makes I a do. lot more sense. And I'm like, <laughs> how far is the fucking job commute? <laughs> so, yeah, these two I didn't get in. So, Aaron, fill us in a bit on these two fin flicks. Okay, I'll start with the one that I didn't like. <laughs> and that's Semper Fi which is just, it's about the, and he's supporting and he actually uh, ends up being an amputee in this one too, which I thought was interesting watching the same. I think it was even the same leg that he loses. I can't remember. I could be wrong. Uh, But this is basically a movie about these friends in a small town and they're in the reserves. And this is right around the time of desert storm and stuff, right? No, not desert storm. This is in the 2000s. Sorry. And they end up getting called up to duty and they go off. But right before that happens, the younger brother of one of of the main character, he ends up accidentally killing somebody because he gets jumped in a bar and he pushes the guy off of him. And the guy hits his head on like a because they're in a bathroom on like a Mm -hmm. toilet and dies later. And so he gets sentenced to 25 years for. Yeah, which was really ridiculous, honestly. And he's like being beaten up in jail, but his brother, the older brother, the main guy is a cop and he didn't do anything to really help his brother. So all the, you know, so his younger brother who's in jail is mad at him, all this stuff, whatever. And so when they come back from their tour overseas, uh, they find out that the brother is going to be transferred to another prison, but has been being beaten up and abused in the prison. So they're devising this plan to break him out of jail that's what the whole movie's about it's basically just a bunch of men being men being bros and they're i don't like any of the characters in this movie i think that was my problem with it i was i couldn't sympathize with them mm-hmm. so especially the main characters so i'm just like uh i mean finn, finn is very um very cocky he plays a very cocky guy who he kind of gets knocked down a peg but not really and he's kind of the joker and kind of the sarcastic friend. And he's still in love with his girlfriend who broke up with him. They end up back together in the end. Um, So it's not really, it's short, (laughs) really. Uh, So if you are really into movies that are all about Semper Fi and, you know, (laughs) that kind of stuff and, you know, the military, then you'll probably like it. It just bugged me. But the reason I was really hoping we'd bring this up is there's this line in here where, so they pick him up, they pick Finn up because they're going to do their reservist work in the town they live in. This is before they get sent off and they're all go together. 
and everyone's giving him crap because I guess he's wearing cologne or something. And he looks prettier than all the other guys or something. I don't know. And so they were asking him about his routine and he's like, yeah, I spend 15 minutes on my hair. (laughs) He was joking, but I, I wrote that down because I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) his hair gets mentioned. It was hilarious. So that was the main reason I wanted to talk about this. Other than that, it's just very bro-y and you know, that men, men being men, mm-hmm. but having that soft heart in them. And uh, I don't know. It just bugged me. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like another like dude rom-com. <laughs> it like, is. It was very much. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I'm glad I didn't get that one in because <laughs> I don't think I would have liked it one drill bit. No. All right. And so, oh, yeah. oh go ahead. Right, when you, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to go to the next one, but you were nope, going to introduce that. Sorry. Nope. So yeah. Right. When you get work mm-hmm. <laughs> and write as in like write a letter not yes i'm right-handed so i <laughs> i freak out about the uh, american english language all the fucking time <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> shit like that cuz you don't really notice like how many words we have that are spelled the same and pronounced differently or vice versa until your kids are like until small children are around you and they're like what what did you mean by that did you mean this and you're like God, English is stupid. <laughs> so I, I wanted to get this one in, but uh, I didn't I didn't get a chance to. So why don't you fill us in? And is he he look he looks like he's more of a main character. And he's definitely is a main character. Yes, okay. it's him and and um, the woman um, who is Ruth is her name. Yeah, which is such a horrible name anyway. Um, but yeah, it's a story about it's basically. He plays a character who, and he has a very New York accent in this, and his hair is absolutely incredible in this movie. He's so gorgeous in this movie. And he plays a guy who he grew up, um, and they don't go as deep into this. Like, that's the one thing I wish they'd gone deeper into is the past. But he's part of a group of people that were kind of uh, either in the foster system or raised by other people. And they had this coach that was like their baseball coach, and they all loved him. And, um, you know, he was always getting into trouble along with his girlfriend. And this is, this is the stuff you see in the beginning, like they were stealing stuff. They would occasionally like be getting high and having public sex. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just seeing that in the very beginning. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and, Rental and she ends, ends yeah. <laughs> and she ends up, uh, pregnant and you're never sure you don't know what happened to the baby. Cause then it jumps forward. And she is now working in this rich, snooty private school. And Finn's character, Johnny, is working at, he gets a job. He can never hold down a job because he speaks his mind and he gives, he just, you know, he's very much like, no, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And he's also a crook and steals and he's been in jail. And uh, so he gets a job as like a coat check person at, at a dance club. And you see scenes of like, he like, he steals coats and stuff and gives it to his girlfriend and, and things. And so, and meanwhile, you know, she's working in this snooty school and is trying to put all that past behind her and they're not together anymore. You can tell that. And what, how they meet up again is the coach that they all loved and admired dies. And so they, they're at a funeral and she shows up and you instantly see that he's still in love with her. And so he kind of keeps 
going after her in a way. And, but he's also wants to do a whole scheme with her school. Like he, there's like Emily Mortimer plays this mom who she's trying to get her kids into this school. She's rich, but her husband is under investigation. And so he's trying to pull this scam with her to get her money, which he ends up doing. And you end up finding out, sorry, I'm spoiling this whole thing for you, but you end up finding out that their kid, they gave away for adoption. And it's still this hard spot for them and really causes a lot of pain. And she even has like a picture of their kid, Finn's character, Johnny and Ruth, their kid. And um, so anyway, so he ends up pulling this scheme off and then she ends up, Ruth ends up (laughs) double scheming him, taking the money from him. And then he goes and finds her, finds the money. And then he ends up donating, giving it all to like a trust. And that was his whole idea for their kid. So when they still, they never get their kid back. You never see the kid, but he ends up setting up this trust in the end, they almost steal a car and then they don't, I don't, you'd have to see it for that to make sense, but it's basically a story about she's kind of left behind her life and wants to run away and is working for a system that oppresses people that were in her circle. There's also a lot of stuff about race in here as well. Um, and he's just really good. He, he, this is a fun movie in a way. Um, he has good chemistry with her and he's just a fun character to watch because you're like, you really shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't be rooting for this guy, but at the same time, he's just really sweet. And what he's doing in the end with it, that you're rooting for him for him in the end, but he does some really crappy stuff mm-hmm. along the way, but he's really good in it. And I don't know. I think it's fun. I liked it a lot. So, yeah, I'll definitely have to check that one. Actually like try and watch it sometime because Like I said, I really wanted to see it. I I get really picky about what I will pay for in terms of streaming rentals because Mm -hmm. I have all these streaming services and God damn it, I should be able to watch it somewhere. (laughs) No, I can't. So, and and oddly enough, I couldn't find it through the library. So uh, that was actually kind of surprising that it wasn't, I couldn't find it. But I, I was very curious about it because when I started watching these fin flicks, I inadvertently started with, uh, movies where he's got more of a minor role or a supporting role. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I obviously need to watch it where he's like a main character. So this yeah. one was definitely one of them that was on the list that I unfortunately didn't get to. But and I trust your recommendation. So if you say check it out, I will. Yeah. And if you love indie flicks, this is a total indie flick. Support independent cinema, everybody. Mm-hmm. And this was written and directed by a woman. I want to point that out too. So yeah, <laughs> right on. Because I feel like that doesn't get enough credit, you know, the shout out mm-hmm. to female writers and directors and stuff. But so thank you for that. Uh, speaking of indie flicks, we've got a handful of indie flicks to go through. So we've got yes. uh, Locating Silver Lake, The Long Weekend, and then just a short that I just absolutely love is Big Boy Pants. So we'll start with Locating Silver Lake. He's not a main character in this. Not He's not the main character, but he is a pretty important character. Yes. <laughs> what did you think of this movie? Oh, my gosh. I love him so damn much in this movie. And he is such a sociopath. I mean, he is not a good guy no. at all. He's horrible. But I love him in this movie because he's having so much fun playing this character. You can tell mm-hmm. who 
is just <laughs> uses people. Basically, he's like a cult leader in a way without having like a huge cult, but he has a cult of people around him. Mm-hmm. And he, the way he dresses, uh, the way his makeup is done, everything like that, the way he moves, the way he is very uh, charismatic. Uh, and he really can bring people into his circle very easily. And that's what it's, you know, he meets Josh Peck, who plays the main character, Daniel, meets him when he's moved out to L.A. And they meet at a club or a bar. And he just has some great lines like, you know, you look like you need to get fucked mm-hmm. and relatively violently. <laughs> lines and the way he says it is just like and the look on Josh Peck's face is like yeah you're right I do (laughs) but his character Seth is such I I don't think I would have liked this movie if that character wasn't in it honestly and I mean it wouldn't work if it wasn't in it Mm because that's the driving force of a lot of things because other than that it's just kind of a typical indie movie about the sad white guy coming to (laughs) try and fulfill his dreams that really is what a lot of it is and while I think it's well acted and well written and well directed and like I said this is the same guy who did the submarine kid I just it was just had that same trope and so when Finn wasn't on the screen when Seth wasn't there it kind of felt flat mm-hmm. and there wasn't much going on like there were other characters that I wanted to get to know and wanted to like like uh, Jose, who's his, yes. there was his neighbor and I liked him a lot, but it just, I was just like, I just wanted more Seth because even though he was like creepy and horrible, I mean, the scene, even when he's like with a lady, he's got this ladybug on his finger and he's just watching mm-hmm. the ladybug crawl on his finger. And even that, the way he did that was creepy mm-hmm. and the way he would dance sometimes would be creepy but also very sexy and very mm-hmm. intriguing. And you really wanted to you could see why people would want to be in his world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like, I love this movie because of Finn's character. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This was, I liked this movie. It was fine. I looked at it as kind of um like a, like almost like a coming of age kind of movie, you know, yeah. someone post-college, you know, the way that um, the main character's girlfriend breaks up with him during graduation was <laughs> super harsh but really really funny that was really funny I agree (laughs) it was like you have to think about my mom I can't have you in any of the pictures and you know blah 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 all this other shit okay bye (laughs) I know I was like oh my god um but yeah it it was just this guy is just trying to find himself and kind of with without the help of Finn's character Seth does eventually but yeah his character Finn's character Seth total like cult leader very charismatic very like out there and I could see I mean we're talking about it and you're you know you said you wanted more Seth it's like see he's he's very he's a good cult leader because you want more of him you want to follow him (laughs) into the pool I mean not completely but yeah I I really enjoyed it and I honestly didn't see kind of that whole twist with Finn's character Seth until it was they're in the restaurant Seth and the main character and Seth is trying to get the main character to like kind of confess some shit. And he's just he's not ready to do that, at least not willing to do it with Seth. And he flips on him and just gets yeah. pissed off. And after that, he's just like, I'm done with you. I have no use for you because 
dude's not going to follow in his little cult and drink the Kool-Aid and like literally drink the fucking Kool-Aid. Yes. <laughs> so I, I liked it. I thought it was a nice, a nice, I thought it was a nice movie though. <laughs> I know with the heavy thing, you would think this wouldn't be as nice as it is. Yeah. It is. But I did like I did like a lot of the side characters like Jose and then the mom that lived next door. Yes. Uh, as well. And I, I just it was it was a good movie. I ended up liking it a lot more than I probably thought I was going to because I didn't know a lot of these movies. I didn't read the synopsis before going into it. And I do that a lot of times, especially with pod prep. So I have zero expectations, zero knowledge, and that can be good and bad. So by the time this one. So I did that with this one. And by the time I was over, I was like, I really liked that. I really, really liked that. So for a coming of age type movie, I was like, this one was good. There was like, um, cause in the beginning, the main character stops at a casino. He's only got maybe like 20 bucks or fucking mm-hmm. just a handful of cash and lets it all ride. And the next scene, he's walking out of the casino, just kind of looking defeated. And you're just like, oh no, is this, is this going to go dark this early? Holy shit. And then he gets in his car and he starts pulling out wads of cash. And I was like, oh, my God, I loved that. I have to say, <laughs> I loved that because that's not what you expect no. in these kind of movies. And that was such a nice twist. I, I completely agree. And then Jose, I really liked Jose, but I also felt that his character kind of fell into that trope of a person of color character there to uplift and help mm-hmm. the, the white boy in finding himself. The one kind of redeeming thing was that uh, the main character leaves Jose a box full of cash because Jose is like, you want all this money. You need to go see the world. What the fuck are you doing here? So at the end, dude leaves Jose a box of cash with a note. Go see the world. And I was like, oh, my God, that's. Yeah. Thank you for that little bit. At least I was so happy for Jose. And then everything that Jose did with kind of the neighborhood dads. We just think, oh, they're getting together Friday nights, having a cookout. It's like a dad thing or it's a it's a dude thing, a neighborhood thing. And you find out that it's basically grief counseling for mm-hmm. these. I don't know. Are they like retired gang members or were they even all gang members or something? I don't remember, but it felt very like stereotype stereotypy in that way. It did. Mm-hmm. So but all of these fellas have lost somebody, a child or someone close to them. And that's, we find out towards the end of the movie that that's what Jose had organized because he had lost his kids. And this was, and I, so I appreciated the fact that here we have a group of quote, very macho men getting together and kind of confronting those emotions and doing a bit of quote therapy. Cause I think that's important to see, you know, these menly men, you know, these very, like, you wouldn't think oh, he's going to talk about his feelings. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, even though it might not have been prevalent and major or like a big, big thing in this movie, just the fact that it was there, I think is, is a nice start in kind of that kind of representation that it's okay for men to talk about feelings and loss and the, the tragedy that goes along with that. And then finding camaraderie and uh, support in that. So it was, yeah, I, I think that was, I think that was an, in, sorry to interrupt, but I no, think that ahead. was an interesting juxtaposition to have the men who have lost a child having their own little weekly counseling sessions, really, and their group therapy stuff mm-hmm. and juxtapose that to, um, 
to Seth and all of his people who he was trying to get them to express themselves emotionally too, but in a different way. And so that was a really interesting thing to see where you would have like Seth's group, they were all, you know, artist types and all the people that you would typically think of as being more expressive in their emotions anyway. And so it was like, oh, okay, this is where you really can be free and express yourself, but really you aren't free because you're being controlled by Seth. And then you have that juxtaposed to these men who in your, when you are stereotyping these people and saying, oh, they're gang members and they're going to be like really like rough and tumble and they don't ever express their emotions. And they're actually the ones that are more in touch with Mm -hmm. humanity and real emotions. So it was an interesting thing to kind of have there to have that juxtaposition. So, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I did like it. Like I said, the characters felt a little stereotypy, but just that concept. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was that was a good one. I enjoyed that one a lot. All right, let's see. Let's do the long weekend. So, God, how many months? So we we tweeted. We did a, a our own little watch party, and we tweeted out about this movie. Uh-huh. And again, I didn't know anything going into it, and by the end of it, I fucking loved it. I love this movie so much because it's got too. a great little twist. And so why don't you, you already said you loved it. So <laughs> expand on that. <laughs> Tell uh, me well, more. This, <laughs> this is, this is a romantic comedy. Um, you know, where Finn plays a character who has just recently been released from a psychiatric hospital. And he, as you are hearing is not contacting his therapist, not going to therapy, not really doing anything. And he's been, what I gathered was when he lost his mom, it kind of just threw him into a deep, deep depression. And he meets, he goes out and he's drinking in, during the day in a movie theater. He's sitting there and he meets, um, I should have, I can't remember their characters' names now, but he meets this other woman and they go, she like follows him or, and they go to like, even like an ATM. And then they go to like a dive bar together and, he like is instantly just smitten with her and she's smitten with him too. But then she tells him that she is from the future, which we predicted when we were watching this. I was like, she's going to say she's from the future. And you know what? I totally was like, oh, absolutely. But realistically, like, what? That's so that that can't be. And then it ended up <laughs> being like I that know. twist. And I was like, oh, my God, I love it. Throw a little sci-fi in this like what you kind of assume is just a a romance, a rom-com little sci-fi twist. I loved that. Yeah. And she's trying to get, isn't she's trying to get money because she has a, her parent, her mom, I believe too, is really sick and she's Mm -hmm. trying to get help to have her mom be well. And at first he doesn't really quite seem to believe her. And then he believes her really quickly. And they have this whole weekend where they go out into the desert and you think she's left him there too. And they, they have like sex on top of the car, which I'm sure was not actually pleasant. <laughs> I can't, that's just uncomfortable. I'm sorry. Sex involving a vehicle either on it or in it. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm just too old now. And I'm like, that looks really uncomfortable. It looks like I'll throw my back out. <laughs> my muscles will go into spasm because I can't, it's not comfortable. I need yes. space for those kind of activities. Yeah, it does not. And, you know, you might slide off too during certain points, 
but yeah, so um, Vienna is the name of the woman, and then um, Bart, which is one of the worst names in the world, is Finn's uh, character's <laughs> name. But so then he ends up doubting her a little bit, and he he brings her to a hospital to check her in to this hospital, and he's you can tell he's instantly regretting this uh, because I'm sure it brought back memories for him and when he was in a in a facility, and then he. He passes out and he had like a tumor on his brain that they discovered and then she's gone. So you're thinking that, oh, well, this was a figment of his imagination. She was a figment of his imagination. It was part of his brain tumor. And he even thinks that, you know, and he has this whole scene with his friend played by uh, Damon Waynes. Isn't it Damon Waynes in this one? Right. Oh, yeah. It's one of the Waynes. Oh, yes. Damon Damon Waynes Jr. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and he has this whole conversation, and <laughs> Finn is so good in this movie too. And this conversation where he talks about how he met a cowboy once, and this cowboy was telling him all these amazing stories about his life. And Finn's character Bart is like, I always thought I would have better stories to tell by this time, or my stories would be happier, or something like that. And it was the way he said it; it was like, whoa, that was like a gut punch. And very relatable and very well done and very well delivered. But you find out in the end, he goes to a safe deposit box, which was where they had been collecting money for her, goes in there, opens it up and finds photo booth photos of him and Vienna. And so it was all true. She was actually from the future and she left a note in there. And it was such a great ending because he was so heartbroken because he was so in love with her. And the fact that that wasn't real and, you know, made him feel like nothing in his life was okay, or he was heartbroken again. And so to have that bit of hope there with those pictures was a beautiful way to end this movie. Mm -hmm. And I love that it was actually true because I think it would have been a lot more heartbreaking if it wasn't because it was, it was just like, oh, good. Now I can feel okay for Bart. Yeah. (laughs) Bart, that is just... name. I always appreciate when leading men characters aren't a John or a Jack or, you know, something super basic like that. But I don't know if I'd go as far as a Bart. (laughs) (laughs) It's just too much like Simpson connection there for me because that's who I automatically go to is Bart Simpson. I'm like, I don't have a cow man. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, I loved this movie. Like I said, I didn't expect to love this movie as much as I end up loving it. Um, Because, yeah, we've got the the time travel sci-fi twist. And then, yeah, that brief moment of we're all questioning, did she actually exist? Mm -hmm. Are they going that route? And then she did exist. And I was like, oh, good, good. I like that. So a lot of great gifts come from that movie. Oh, my gosh, the best. (laughs) Some of the sexiest. (laughs) Oh, my God. The best gifts of Finn are out there from this movie. So just go to our timelines on Twitter and you'll see them all. (laughs) You'll see the whole fucking movie. I promise. (laughs) It's true without context though. So you won't know what's going on, but yes. (laughs) Yeah. Great flick. Um, Not sure I can add much more to that. I I definitely recommend the long weekend. Mm -hmm. So 
All right. And I just, again, oh, and, oh, go ahead. I said really quickly, yeah. go also go to Finn Whitrock's Instagram. And there's a story he tells about this movie. Honestly, it's when he's on a plane and he meets this woman who sits down yes. and doesn't know who he is. And it, um, well, does it know? Cause like the flight attendant says, Oh my gosh, I really loud. <laughs> I love you. And she's like, Oh, are you famous? <laughs> and what have you been in? And this movie happened to be one that you could select on the airplane to watch. And so she watched it <laughs> sitting next to her. Oh, was God, watching how, something else. How it's awkward. a great story. So mm-hmm. go to his Instagram. Cause he told this whole long story about it. It's really sweet. So, yeah. Yeah, that is. And I like, you know, I always feel like a bit of a creeper when I follow celebrities on their, on their socials. I mean, that's what they're there for. We're fans, yada, yada, but it's always nice to get that kind of glimpse of like, here they, here's the person and not Mm -hmm. the actor per se, or these character types that they have played. And he just always seems like the nicest, most, just the sweetest human being. You had sent the link to, uh, when he was on the podcast, unqualified with Anna Ferris. And I loved that interview. I was just like, he's just the sweetest thing. I just love him so much. And he's got great hair. (laughs) 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 I'm a sucker for good, good hair. Like I said. So, all right, we are going to wrap up the movie discussion of of major roles um, with his newest movie, a mouthful of air. So contact war- or contact content warning for depression and suicide. This one is this one was a fucking gut punch, but it was beautifully done, wonderfully done, carefully done. And I was just a ball of emotional mess by the end of this movie. I know you had seen this in the theater. Mm-hmm. So and I know you've gushed about this movie and you love how much you love this movie. And real quick, there was uh, one of the Finn pages on social media was collecting fan questions to, you know, uh, uh, ask Finn anything. Mm-hmm. And you submitted a question, a good question and not like a pervy <laughs> question. So I'm very, very proud like of you. It was there. recommended by everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think was one of them. Oh. Yes, it was. <laughs> I was like, there's no way I'm really going to ask that, but <laughs> I loved your question. Um, personally, I thought the one question about what kind of cologne he wears was creepy and weird. Yes. I, oh my gosh. That was my so brain weird. went straight to like weird, obsessed pervert level. Cause uh, sure. But I'm like, what are you going to do? You're going to buy the cologne and spritz your pillow or do something weird with it. You fucking what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, that's a, and plus you're going to waste a question to ask something. Those kind of questions bug the crap out of me because I'm like, ask something deep about their work or I don't know. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So your question was much, much better and it got asked and answered. Ah, So happy for you. So, um, Your, your question had to do what, why don't you, do you remember, do you have it written down? Um, I, I I didn't grab it. So yeah, I can find it really quickly. I should have had it pulled up because I was like, I'm going to definitely have to mention this because I gushed about it being answered. I also, you know, tweeted out a thank you to him and he liked that. So (laughs) he's, he's liked three of my tweets and then another tweet I was mentioned in. So four, I'm counting that. So four. So I'm really close to having him on the show. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes, you are. 
This will help. This will boost you too. (laughs) Yes. I should just go to his page and look at his likes because that's the easiest way for me to find this because (laughs) sorry, I'm not being a stalker. No, no, no. You're fine. You're good. I'm just trying to find, sorry. It'll be really quick. Okay. There it is. So I asked if, and sadly, when you're submitting questions on Instagram, it limits your number of characters because I had a long question and then it cut me off and I was really bummed. But I asked, did a mouthful of air change your views on how media should portray mental illness? And Finn said, uh, I was very proud to be a part of the movie, A Mouthful of Air. I had never read a script where mental health was portrayed in that way. I think a big thing I learned is that there is often not a direct cause and effect to mental distress, at least not one that is easy to discern. Yes, many people are depressed or suicidal for specific reasons, but also many people have those conditions and don't know exactly why. And a big point of the movie is that Amanda's character does see beauty in life and does love her kids and does love her husband and he loves her. And there's a lot of joy in their life. And yet still this condition persists. So yes, the complication of that was something that was an education for me and hopefully will be for the audience as well. Beautifully answered. I know. (laughs) Oh my God. I was like, that was a very thoughtful, thought out answer. It really so, was. I really appreciated it. Sorry, getting all a little verklempt when you were just reading his response. Because I was like, yeah, it's so thoughtful. And I, oh, it's very good. Very good grown up yeah. answer. Yeah, this movie. So I knew that it was going to be an emotional one going into it. And I, I still don't think I was ready to be the big, giant, blubbery puddle that I was by the end of it. But it was this movie is so fucking good. And on a superficial note, Amanda Seyfried does not age. And I just thought she looked amazing in the movie, mm-hmm. all things considered. And she does such a great job. And I love oh God, she's so good. I loved all the close up shots. So then that way you could see all that emotion in their faces. Mm-hmm. And oh, my God, you see it and you feel it in one of the scenes with her that stands out the most to me is when she's at the grocery store and she's trying to just pick out breadcrumbs and the bubbly water in all the choices and then being overwhelmed with all of that. And then you've got your baby, she's got her baby and he's crying and upset. So you've got kind of that added like noise. Like it's just, it adds to all of like the, the distraction going on in the brain. And it's like, I, I, I could relate to that scene. I, I I've never gotten over like that overwhelmed, but I can appreciate. I, I know I am familiar with that feeling. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I'm glad I'm not the only one that freaks out, you know, quote freaks out at too many choices. I love having options, but at the same time, I hate having too many options. And this is a really dumb comparison. But when I first started using Canva, I was like, I can't do this. This is too difficult. There's too much going on here. And I I didn't use it for like two years. And I use it for uh, the library job for our promos Mm -hmm. and stuff and flyers. So I've gotten really comfortable with it. Again, a really dumb comparison. But that was that's about where I was in terms of. (laughs) of what was most because I I I was like I can't I can't use this stupid app it's too confusing <laughs> the 
there was just too many choices. And I'm like, well, which TV do I use? When I was trying to come up with the original logo for the podcast, I was like, yeah, well, do I do this kind of TV or something more now? <laughs> or, but I like the antenna look and, and that's too real. It's an actual photo and I don't know what I'm doing. <sighs> but yeah, this movie, I was, like I said, I was a puddle afterwards. Um, your thoughts? <laughs> uh, well, this this movie means a lot to me personally. I suffer with a lot of mental health and mental illness stuff, and I have suffered with suicidal ideation basically my entire life, even when I was a kid. And uh, this is the most accurate depiction I have ever seen of that feeling. And I've never had postpartum depression. I don't have kids. So I can't relate to that part, but I still think even if you haven't had that, it's very relatable to depression and that feeling of the suicidal ideation part, especially. And what I really, really, really appreciate about this movie is it doesn't show things that other movies would show. Mm -hmm. Uh, When she attempts suicide in the beginning, you never see her actually cut her wrists. You don't see her do that. You see her watching her kid close up on her eyes and her eyes. Oh my gosh. Amanda Seyfried is so good in this movie. It's so heartbreaking to me that there's Mm -hmm. not a chance in hell she would ever get nominated for this because I think it's one of the best performances ever of this. And just looking in her eyes and seeing that heartbreak and seeing where she has made that decision that in her mind, her son was it her son at that time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Her son would be better off without her around. And it, 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 she doesn't say anything. You just see it in the eyes mm-hmm. and it's so painful and so heartbreaking, but it's such a gift that you, to the audience and to the viewer that even though this movie triggered me, it really did trigger me. Honestly, I was very, very, uh, it brought up a lot of personal stuff that I've never dealt with, never talked about stuff with a lot of my reasons for not having children Um, for deciding not to have children and a lot of the grief that I've never dealt with, with that decision. So it brought up a lot of that. Uh, So I will say it's very triggering, but I'm just glad they didn't glamorize the suicide part because they never show that. And too often movies want to show that and think it's a way to detract people from doing that. And I think sometimes the way it's done is so glamorized that I don't know, it makes it where it could unfortunately be attractive to some people if they're in that place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it just, I really, really appreciate that. And at the end that they didn't show. Mm-hmm. And while the ending of this movie is very devastating and very heartbreaking and the whole time you don't want that to happen. And you're actually thinking, I mean, I guess since we're spoiling things, I can say it right. Yep, you're actually, yep. you're, she ends up killing herself. And after she has their second child, because she's not taking the medicine anymore because she doesn't want to. And I understand that struggle as well. I'm going through that. And she has this, oh, this very uncomfortable scene with her dad pretty much right before she makes the decision to do this. That was so hard to watch yeah. and made my skin crawl. Yeah. And then she goes outside, lays down and she kills herself. You don't know how because you don't see it. And so I also appreciated that a lot. Um, and even though I hate how I hate that that happened and I hate that she died, 
in some way, I think it sounds horrible to say this, but I think it was important that they did that because I don't know, it can make it more urgent because people don't take mental health, especially postpartum repression seriously, still, Mm -hmm. even now, I mean, this movie takes place in like the nineties, but still they don't take, they don't take it seriously now. And I think having that in there, while some people may claim it's shock value, I don't think so because you don't see her actually do the act. Mm -hmm. I think it more hopefully will wake people up to take this more seriously and to treat it as an illness and not, and treat it as seriously as you would any other illness because Mm -hmm. it needs to be. And to really, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm kind of running out of words for it, but I, I don't know. I just think I wish this movie had gotten more attention and more people had seen it because I think this movie could bring about a lot of really good and helpful and useful conversations more so than a lot of movies that cover this topic. Because I think even though it is a tragedy, it's an absolute tragedy. I think there is a silver lining in it for people, for viewers to try and figure out a way to maybe approach this better, maybe approach your own health better, you know, have conversations. But like I've said, when I've talked about this, really pay attention to content warnings because this is very visceral and very Mm -hmm. real and her portrayal is so good. And the other actors, I mean, Finn and everybody are really good in this movie. And the other thing it gave me an appreciation for personally since I've always been more on the side of being the one dealing with a mental illness and having the mental illness, I don't really always recognize what it does to the people around the person struggling with that, because I think it also affects them and hurts them in a lot of ways that we don't, we don't talk about. And while I think her sister-in-law was pissed me off, (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, yes, I still see that, you know, understand sort of where she was coming from mm-hmm. um, and the pain that a lot of that, that can cause and that you're not really recognizing or dealing with. So, you know, mental illness doesn't just affect one person. It affects, and it's a community problem and it takes a village to solve it. Mm-hmm. Just like it takes a village to raise a family. It takes a village to solve this crisis that nobody wants to really look at all the time yeah. or most people don't. So anyway, I love this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie is means a lot to me. So one of the things that I really appreciated about the scene with her and Jennifer Carpenter when because Jennifer Carpenter's character, the sister-in-law, she plays Finn's sister, she's the one that had ends up finding Amanda's character in, in mm-hmm. the beginning after the first attempt. So when they first have when they have their first kind of face-to-face after everything, you you can understand where Jennifer's character is coming from. Uh, Lucy, I think her character's name was, mm-hmm. you know, but the way she kind of goes about it, the way she kind of confronts uh, Amanda's character about it and that and and just the things that she says, you know, it's not about you. What about us? You didn't think about us. And but then to see how Amanda's character internalizes that and and how she interprets that, it's I think that's very important for folks, you know, that are more on the Lucy side of mental illness, because while we think we may be trying to be helpful, it's not. And Mm -hmm. we saw that right then and there in that scene. And I thought that was really important. I thought that was very well done because you see all the emotion, the anger, the sadness, the frustration coming from Lucy, 
but coming at Amanda's character in such a an aggressive, how dare you? You didn't think of anyone else. That's clearly not the case. We see that she thinks about everything. And that's kind of part of the her part of the problem is mm-hmm. all of these thoughts running through her head all the time at any given moment. So I I did appreciate that because I think it gets that that kind of message gets lost. It gets very much one-sided. And so we kind of see those two sides come together as they would in real life and the impact that it would have on both both sides. Mm-hmm. The stuff with her dad. So Ugh. now I definitely get the sense that she was physically abused, mm-hmm. but there was something there that also maybe suggested other abuse. And I'm I'm glad that they didn't they don't have to go in depth. We just know that the dad was a bad guy kind of Mm -hmm. sounds like maybe a bit in and out of their lives, but then the mom being in that position of always letting him come back. So we don't, we don't know. And that's fine. We don't need to know. We just know that, that he is, he, he has definitely contributed to her mental illness and her, her depression and everything and her anxiety. Yes. So, so to kind of just still be like, as she had childhood trauma that, contributes to all of this. I am glad that they didn't go too deep into that. They don't need to. They did just enough to be like, oh, I don't like it. It's icky. I loved Finn's character, the loving husband and caring husband, but also frustrated and kind of at a loss to really know what to do. Because like you said, this takes place in the 90s. And especially like with postpartum depression, I mean, her one doctor is like, I've started asking all women how they're doing you know, basically because of you. And I'm like, dude, that's not the compliment you think it is, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but there was one scene with Finn and one of the first scenes that where he kind of gets angry with her about what's fair and that he's not, he's, that he's not able to be like really honest or or anything like that. And they're they're having a small argument. He, and I didn't, This was a scene that made me worry that, oh, is he going to like not be the supportive husband? You know, his his feelings and everything about it are valid. But I just wrote down that he's very mean to her, but was still very, very good looking while doing it. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I think maybe that was like my own attempt to be like, not get too sucked into this like very emotional moment. Let's bring it back to something superficial and and kind of bullshitty. Oh, he's still very handsome. Thank God. He's still very good looking. (laughs) He's being a dickhead, but kind of. Yeah. But I, I, I loved his character. He was, and I love that he was a loving supportive husband throughout and he does have his chance to kind of express yeah, his, his frustrations that he's not able to be as honest and open or that he's not allowed to be angry. Cause I think mm-hmm. the line was something like you made sure of that. And I was like, Ooh, yeah. that's an ugly line. I don't like that. So that's the line that made me worry like, Oh no, is, is he going to start stepping out or anything? So I'm glad that he didn't. I'm glad that they showed that he was supportive and loving and caring all the way to the end. And then just, the look on his face when he pulls up, comes home. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So heartbreaking. But, and then, and then we, there's like a, a time jump and the kids are grown up and the daughter's having her first kid. 
And so you see him, he grabs the last book because Amanda's character is a children's book writer, author. Mm -hmm. So he grabs like the last book that she had been working on. And it looks like that's something that they maybe sit down and, and flip through that they've done for Rachel, all of Rachel's life. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little (laughs) verklempt. It was, oh, that part, especially that was like the, the sprinkles on top of the sad Sunday. <laughs> no, it was it's like, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Such a great fucking movie. Um, highly recommend it. Highly, highly fucking recommend it. But yes, pay close attention to the content warning at the beginning because it's, it, it's a rough ride. It's a great ride, but it it's, it's a gut punch. Yeah. And just, Again, a shout out to them for doing that because I don't think I've never seen that at the Mm -hmm. beginning of a movie in a movie theater ever where they had a content warning that needs to be done more. I Mm want to just say people think it ruins movies, but I don't. I think it's very important. So people know what they're getting into. So more movies need to do that. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Oh, all right. Well, we got through our movie list. There's a bunch of other movies that he's been in. Um, I wanted to try and get in uh, if Beale Street could talk because I wanted because there's that one in another movie that's like a, a all black cast where it looks like he plays the token white guy. And I was the like, last, I can't... Um, the last the last black band of San Francisco or yes. oh, gosh, I'm not saying that right. But... but yeah, so I unfortunately didn't get those in, but they're still on my uh, to be watched list because I just just in general, more token white guys. <laughs> He is. He's the token because I've seen if Beale Street could talk because I think Barry Jenkins is an amazing, amazing filmmaker. And I really, really highly recommend that movie anyway. And he is, if I remember correctly, he is very much a, the, a token white guy, in here, which is pretty cool. I like it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, um, actually, I did have a couple other movies. We'll just kind of touch on real quick. Um, where did I? Oh, yeah. So kind of more supporting roles, the normal heart, which I did get in and you are going to be doing an episode on that one later this year. So we won't go too deep into that one, but so he's got a very, very small role in that, Mm -hmm. but it's still a very important and impactful role. I felt, and everyone in this cast does an amazing fucking job. Uh, stars, Mark Ruffalo, Jim Parsons, uh, Dennis O'Hare, pops up for a scene and just blew me away. I fucking love that guy so much. So really, really good fucking movie. And it's about when uh, AIDS crisis was AIDS was first coming up in the early eighties and the impact and the tragedy that that was for those first handful of years where nothing was fucking done. It's very aggravating, kind of like the big short. It was one of those where I'm like, I don't really feel any better because <laughs> I know what I know. happens in the long run, <laughs> but know. it, the, yeah. Oh, and, and of course our beloved Matt Bomer, I said, I was going to say, is she not going to mention Matt Bomer? <laughs> I had to say it so I could say his last name correctly because in my doom patrol episode, I did not. And that was the cringiest shit I've ever <laughs> done. No, not ever, but Oh God, that was terrible. <laughs> So, yeah. And um, yeah, Matt Bomer. And he's oh, God, he's so ridiculously fucking good looking. I can't even handle it. <laughs> uh, loved that movie. Um, he's also in the movie Unbroken, which is another based on a true event story of 
war and people being captured and tortured and spoiler alert, he does die. His character does die. So when he died, I stopped watching. (laughs) So, but he was, he was very good in that one as well. And when you're kind of first introduced to his character, you kind of get this sense that he's like too cool for school. He's got like sunglasses and he's chewing gum and he's got his hair, but he doesn't, he, he doesn't live to be rescued quote rescued. So I was like, all right, I'm done. Cause I started that one right after I finished my all American. I'm like, no, I don't want any more, any kind of inspirational true story bullshit. I probably should have just turned on freak show after that. (laughs) Give me my dark and fucked up. (laughs) And he is in Judy, which I did not get in. Uh, It looks like he plays, he played her final husband. So I assume he shows Mm -hmm. up maybe later in the film. No, no, he's in there. <laughs> he's throughout. He sh- yes, he's in oh. there throughout, on and off throughout. Yes. Okay. Yes, he shows up very early, like in the first. Because I rewatched it. Because this is more about her, her last later, her last years. But it also jumps back in time to when she was a child actress. And oh my god, the way the studio system treated Judy Garland is so disgusting mm-hmm. and despicable. It's despicable. So it jumps back and forth between her final couple of years alive and then and then when she was a child. So that's why he's like they meet at a party and the party that she goes to, it's pretty much in the first 10 minutes. Of oh, OK. Or 15. Then he disappears for a while and then he comes back. So he's he's supporting, but he's like third or fourth build in the credits at the end. So he's a pretty important character in it. Gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I was like, oh, I should maybe still watch it because if I can watch like the normal heart and some of these other ones where he's got smaller roles, I'm like, I can watch where he plays like her husband, but <laughs> I have no interest in seeing that movie. So I was like, oh, maybe if I can get it, I don't look at that. I ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a good movie. It's uh, Renee Zellweger is really, really good in it. Um, so I, I, I had seen it when it was originally out in the theaters. And so I just decided I just rewatch it. And I liked it a lot. Um, you know, it's really infuriating though, because just the way that system treated her mm-hmm. and it's a very tragic story. Her life is a tragedy for sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's part of the reason why I've never, I haven't had a big urge to see it, but <laughs> if you say it's a good flick, I believe. Yeah. That's what I'll tell everyone. I'm like, well, Aaron said, so <laughs> All right. So I think that covers most of the movies on our list. So we'll hit up the TV. Didn't hit the big boy pants. Oh, big boy pants. <laughs> the short. This is now this one. I don't know if I want to give the twist away because it's such an a no, quick and no. easy watch. It's available on Vimeo. Vimeo. Yes. Vimeo. Yes. Yes. It looks like that's the only place you can watch it, but it's free. It's. Yeah, like 15 minutes. And it's mm-hmm. so good. I it's so funny. It's so funny. And it's got a great twist at the end. That's all I'll say. Yeah. And he's he's really good in it. And the actress that stars alongside him, when I was watching it the very first time, for whatever reason, I'm like, I kind of got like Vera Farmiga vibes from her. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't know if I just finished watching something with her in it, but I could I was like, I could also see Vera in this role, too. If I write it down or if I remember, I will try and post the link when this episode goes out. So then that way y'all don't have a reason to not have watched it. Yeah. And he's a 
adorable. He's so he's adorable. He's adorable. In this movie. He's so adorable. I so cute. <laughs> I love it. I love that so much. I it's, do too. It's so fucking good. It's and so it's good. and it's perfect as a short. It doesn't need to be a, mm-hmm. a show or a series or a movie. It's perfect the way it is. Yes. So highly recommend. Okay. Thank you for reminding me to make sure you got that <laughs> one in. <laughs> But yeah, so the TV roles that we may all be more familiar with is he's been in, um, he's he's a Ryan Murphy play thing because that dude has a type. And yes. <laughs> I don't, and that's that's not to hate on it because I have a very similar type. You know, I'm me Donald too. Finn, Matt Bomer, Ben Barnes. I like the dark hair, the dark eyes and oh, very, very good. But yeah, so he's been, he was the, um, Kind of a more main character in Freak Show playing Dandy Mott. Just, oh my God, like one of the worst fucking characters in television ever. But he did mm-hmm. so good. And when I first saw that, he did such a good job that I was like, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> and it really wasn't until uh, the next season, Hotel, and the doing the rewatch, where I was like, all right this Finn fella is something, someone to kind of keep an eye on. And then we had Roanoke and he has a very, very smaller role in that. And we won't talk about it because it's gross. And then <laughs> 1984, even smaller role, but just adorable. So that's mm-hmm. fine. And then the double feature red tide with the, with the good, good hair. And he's mean to Lily rape. And it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> not supposed to be but i found it humorous she's kind of the worst uh, <laughs> i felt so bad for her i felt so bad for her oh yeah whatever she's she's got a nice new coat with gigantic shoulder pads she'll be fine <laughs> so out of the american horror story out of the murphy verse Gee, I wonder which one's your favorite. <laughs> well, uh, well, I will. I'll just. I'll briefly talk about all of them because I'm. I'm looking. When you said our time limit, we're not even close to that. So I feel yep, like. Yep. <laughs> um. So before I get to my favorite, I just quickly want to say for Freak Show, his performance in that he is so awful and horrible, but he has some of the best lines. The way he delivers the lines is incredible even when he's talking about going to get like the best candy corn they have the better candy corn he throws tantrums throughout there's all these clips you can find these compilations of like dandy match just throwing tantrums <laughs> it's like, is that so epic you ruined my He's this grown-ass man who's been babied his whole life by his mom, and he's just treated this. It's the tip. It's a very, very, very spoiled, rich, entitled white man, and he's just so good. And I want to say, Finn, you know, there's a scene here where he shoots and kills a lot of the carnival people, mm-hmm. and Finn Whitrock hated filming that scene so much. And he felt so guilty and so bad. He like bought everybody donuts and like, he just, he felt so guilty about doing this. <laughs> and it just goes to show what a great guy he is. And I guess one of the 
one of the people he killed, quote unquote, killed in there. The actor said, yeah, he's he was so sweet. And he came up to me after he shot me and said, you didn't deserve to die. You were a good person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's something along those lines because he shared that story when it, Finn Whitrock's birthday last year and shared that story. And it was so sweet. So I just wanted to be able to say that. Uh, but my favorite is Tristan from Hotel. I <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows how much I love Tristan and Liz together. That's I ship mm-hmm. them. The only couple I ship in the American Horror Story universe. Uh, but <laughs> Tristan, Tristan is like such a spoiled little brat when you first meet him. And he's so entitled, but he's got amazing hair and he's this model. And then he becomes a vampire right away because he looks just like the countess played by Lady Gaga, just like her love Rudolph Valentino, which of course ends up being the other character that Finn plays in this. So gee, shocker, they look alike. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And she turns him and he instantly loves being a vampire, which I do appreciate that in my vampire lore Mm -hmm. when they appreciate it and don't get on mopey because give me a break. Right. (laughs) And he has such a great, (laughs) the scene where he's talking to, ah, what's his name? This H.H. Holmes. Oh, yeah. yeah. um, Based on him. Oh, my gosh. March. Yes, March. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I got. Evan Peters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is one of the few times I like Evan Peters in American Horror Story. Mm -hmm. His characters, not not talking about the actor. And he's like, murder is awesome. And tries to give him a high five. And it's so adorable and like childlike. And I know you shouldn't think someone saying killing is great is adorable, but it is adorable. And the way he does it is adorable. Yes. Yes. The way he does it. And he's sexy in this. And and he's kind of like this, you're kind of like, oh, he's such a brat and he's got no substance. And then when he skits together with Liz, which they have like hardly any time together, it's amazing mm-hmm. the impact that I think it's because of the actors and because of their chemistry. Mm-hmm. He becomes this character that is so sweet. And he basically, I think his whole life has felt like he was dumb and nobody respected him. And then he finds Liz and she respects him. And he's like the only person that, you know, he really sees Liz for who she is, doesn't judge her. Uh, and it's just, it's just so sweet and loving. And then his murder is the worst murder. I think oh. the show has ever done. Honestly, it's so heartbreaking and cruel the, yes, and disgusting. And Ryan Murphy owes me an apology. Right? <laughs> <laughs> because his throat is slit by the countess when she finds out that Liz and, and Tristan are in love. And it's so cruel and mean, but mm-hmm. they end up getting reunited. And I also love that Tristan, because, you know, in the hotel, the, all the, they still, if you die there, you're trapped there forever. And I love that Tristan is like, no, I want Liz to live. I want you to live your life and never, ever reveals herself until, until Liz dies. Mm-hmm. And then when he reveals himself, I'm sorry, himself. And then when they're reunited and, you know, and Liz thinks that Tristan hated her, <laughs> he's like, no, you just had more living to do, baby, and darling. And the way he says darling, oh my <laughs> darling God. is so, oh my gosh, my heart melts every time. I have watched that scene an embarrassing number of times. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched, I've watched just their scenes an embarrassing number of times. <laughs> It's, but they're reunited. It's a happy ending. And mm-hmm. uh, 
I just, I love that character so dang much. <laughs> it's definitely the best love story, love line between two characters mm-hmm. out of any and all American horror story. It's the purest. It's yes. the sweetest. It's the most genuine. I am not a shipper by any means, really. Although I may be starting to slip, but this, this I think is my gateway ship. <laughs> Your gateway I, ship. <laughs> I agree. I think uh, Tristan and Liz Taylor upon the first watch. Yeah. You don't really think much of Tristan's character. Oh, he's a pretty face. He's just kind of there. Blah, 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 blah. But then the more you watch him. <laughs> yes. Thanks, Aaron. No, <laughs> my Mer- sending me into the Murphy verse. No, I'm just kidding. You know, I love that shit. But watching them, the more you watch it, the more you realize like these are the only like this is the only good relationship. The only true love story, I think, in all the seasons. And you realize just maybe kind of how important that is and how impactful that is, mm-hmm. is that is as flawed still as their relationship is and how they came to be and everything it's it's the oh it's the one that's filled with the most love and the most respect for each other because yeah he doesn't once he goes ghost he doesn't come around and you know was hanging out with Liz at the front desk or anything he wanted her to still try and live and have a life and then when that didn't happen he's like all right babe here I am I'm just like ah (laughs) That one I blame you for. So I, <laughs> I'll take true. responsibility for the Finn obsession, but I hate they are just so, you. <laughs> oh man. I just love them together so much. I had to stop myself from just watch from watching their preparations. <laughs> I'm like, you've seen this enough times. You do not need to watch it again. So yeah, I love that. And then I'll just say, I love him in 1984. He's the most grounded, I think, of any character. Yeah. I wish we had seen more of him. <laughs> and I will defend that season forever. That's one of my absolute f- favorite American horror story seasons. I think it's perfect. Love it. And uh, Harry is such an Harry in Red Tide is such an asshole. He just is. He's an asshole. But I love watching him because he's so. <laughs> The perfect hair. That's what he looks the most gorgeous is his mm-hmm. hairy. So yeah, yeah. He's oh that that good hair. Yeah, that's I won't say too much about double feature. I mean, yeah, he was great in red tide. Yeah, he looks amazing in, in red tide. But that whole season's a fucking mess. And thank God he's only in the first half, so we don't have to talk about the stupid second half of that stupid season. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was so awful. Oh. <laughs> worst. If we weren't doing the live tweets, like I said, I would have jumped that ship two minutes into the second half. <laughs> Those Me teenagers too. were the worst. So awful. So, okay. So American Crime Story. I haven't watched any of the American Crime Story uh, seasons, right? Because there's a, there's a couple now. There were three. The third one about Monica Lewinsky, I don't think is available for everybody, but the first two are on Netflix. So Crime Story is Ryan Murphy's like kind of fictional, like historical fiction or true crime. It's like his true crime universe, I would say, Uh, because the first one is all about the OJ trial. Oh, that's right. Uh, and that one's really, really good. I highly I I think these are the best in the Ryan Murphy universe are these. Um, and I think a lot of that is because 
Uh, he has a lot of people helping with <laughs> writing and everything. I mean, it's still a Murphy thing, but it's, I think these are really, really good. Um, the OJ one is very good. I highly, I won't say much about that since he's not in that one, but uh, especially if you were alive during that time and remember that it, it's really, really good to watch. All the performances are great. Sarah Paulson, of course, you know, one of his absolute favorites plays Marsha Clark and she's really outstanding. And uh, Sterling K Brown is really, really good in this. And a lot of other people, um, John Travolta is not so great in it. <laughs> I will say that. Um, you know, and David Schwimmer is really good in it. And, and a lot of, a lot of other people, uh, Courtney B. Vance, um, who plays Johnny Cochran is really good as well. So I recommend that one a lot. And the second season was all about Gianni Versace's assassination. Although really it is about Andrew Cunanan, who is, who killed, uh, Gianni Versace and played in one of the best performances ever, ever by Darren Chris and Darren Chris is so, Oh, he is. I'm, I'm not the only one who thinks this. It's not just my Darren Chris. I love Darren, Darren Chris. So it's not just the fangirl in me. He is so good that this was the first thing I'd ever really seen him in that I remembered. Cause he's has a bit part in hotel, uh, oh, that's right. but he's, he is so creepy. I mean, so creepy and, Oh, really everyone's good in this, but they're kind of in the shadow of Darren Chris because he's so dang good. Uh, and it's really about, he, he plays Andrew Cunanan. So it's really about him. And the way this is done is a little bit different. So it starts out with the assassination of Gianni Versace. And then it's almost like you're playing detective. So each episode goes back in time. Hmm. So you're watching it through time. And then the last episode goes back to the present. And episodes four and eight are the best of them. I think they're all great, but those are the best in my opinion. Um, and four is a lot with Cody Fern is in this. Who's oh, yeah. really good, really good. And it's very heartbreaking what happens to his character. And Finn uh, plays um, Jeffrey Trail, who was Andrew Cunanan's second, second person that he murdered. Cause he murdered, no, no, first person. Sorry. Jeffrey Trail is the first person that you know of that he murders. And he mm. brutally, brutally murders him. I mean, bashes him with a, with a hammer. Oh um, my God. Yes. I mean, it's, oh, it's brutal. There's a picture that Finn actually shared of um, his face <laughs> in the makeup, which you don't actually see it in the show. You don't really see much of that. It's more you're, you're watching Cody Fern's face as he's watching this happen because he does it in front of Cody Fern. Because he's in love with Cody Fern's character. I don't want to give too much of this away, honestly, because I want Jen to watch this one. So I am not going to give away a lot, of except I'll say that because <laughs> you can find this stuff out easily. Yeah. But anyway, uh, there, the fifth episode, which is called uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell. I'll just talk about that one really well, be, really, because that mainly focuses on Finn's character. And so Finn had died in the fourth episode, but the fifth episode he's live. Cause like I said, it goes back in time uh, because, you know, if you were to watch this and you're like, wait, I thought he was in this. I only see him for like a minute. <laughs> like, oh, that's because it goes back in time. Um, so the fifth episode called don't ask, don't tell is about uh, Jeffrey trail and Jeffrey trail was worked in the Navy or was in the Navy and this was at the time when the homophobic law, don't ask, don't tell, 
was out there and he was in the closet. Uh, Jeffrey Trail was. And so this is an episode all about that, about um, him deciding to do like this special on, I don't know, I don't remember what news thing it was about talking to men who are in the closet and are part of the don't ask, don't tell. And he talks about, you know, a, a fellow person who he had defended, who was a lot more open. And um, he talks about how he wishes he hadn't done that because then his life became hell after that and how ashamed he is that he wishes he hadn't done that. Uh, and then you see him go out to a gay bar for the first time. And that's where he meets Andrew Cunanan. And Andrew Cunanan is a liar. Like a, he lies all the time. He makes up stories of who he is and he's very charismatic and brings people in. And so he kind of takes Jeffrey trail under his wings. They don't have an affair or anything like that, but he takes him under his wings and, you know, shows him kind of the, you know, helps him to come out of the closet sort of, but he never fully does. It's really heartbreaking because he never tells his family, never tells his sister really that you can see, and his service being in the Navy means the world to him. Like he still has his dress uniform and Andrew like coldly takes that out. Andrew steals his gun, which ends up being the gun. He ends up shooting um, a couple of people with. And the reason uh, that, you know, you're never really quite sure, but the reason Andrew Cunanan, that what they suppose in this murdered Jeffrey Trail is because he was jealous because Cody Fern's character was like the love of his life. And he thinks that Jeffrey Trail and him are hooking up. Mm -hmm. And so he, that's why he brutally, I mean, really it's, oh, it's it's a painful scene to watch. And, you know, so that's why it's so heartbreaking watching him in the the one before that, because he was also about to be an uncle and his sister gives birth like right around the time he is murdered. And you hear all these voice messages play after he's dead of the sister going, I'm in labor. Where are you? Oh my God. I'm in, I had the baby. Where are you? Why aren't you here with your sister? Why aren't you? And it's really, really heartbreaking. And then you see him again in like the sixth episode as well. So he's in there a few times. He, he also becomes, comes to suspect that Jeff, that Jeffrey, that Andrew Cunanan is not a good person. Um, same with a lot of the people in here. And that's another reason I think he was probably murdered. Um, plus, Andrew Cunanan was just a, a, a sociopath and a serial killer. And, mm-hmm. you know, some people call him a spree killer because he did all these in a spree kind of thing. But I, I think he's a serial killer or mm-hmm. was a serial killer since he killed himself. Um, but I just think I just think the series in general is really good. I will say. It's a lot. It's a very, very, very heavy. Uh, the OJ one is not nearly as heavy as this one. Uh, this also, you know, this was one of the most botched manhunts ever. Oof. Uh, they should There should not have been as many people killed. And a lot of the reason I think it was so botched is because their gay men were the first people he killed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it's homophobia. Mm-hmm. Um And sadly, his second victim, who is Cody Fern's character, who, man, (laughs) anyway, sorry, I just, it just breaks, that just still breaks my heart. The cops, his his name was David Mattson, and the cops said that uh, David and Andrew killed Jeffrey and then went on the run as lovers together, and it was them who did it, and blamed David a lot. First, they were just blaming David, and then they brought, then they figured out about Andrew. And 
it was so cruel and heartbreaking and such a horrible thing to do to David's family. So it's just, it's a very, very sad and tragic movie to watch. And, but I highly recommend it. And seriously, Darren Chris is so damn good in this movie. I mean, honestly, it's a breathtaking performance. So I just, you know, it's hard to watch, but I recommend it. And I like hard to watch. Check. I will definitely check out at least that season. I don't know if I, I don't know about the OJ season, but I definitely, <laughs> I lived it. <laughs> we watched it in school. <laughs> you know, they willed the big TV in and everything. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Oh, we God. talked about that on my podcast. When we talked yep. about these, but yeah. Yeah. I haven't gotten into any of the crime stories because I just, I'm not sure how much Murphy verse I can handle. <laughs> and well, that's why these are very, these are very, like when I covered Ryan Murphy for my, for my podcast last year, and this mm-hmm. is how we ended. And I was glad we ended on this because we had very, I don't think we even said anything negative about these in okay. that discussion, which was very rare for discussing Ryan Murphy <laughs> uh, because they're so good because it, because I think especially the second season. I think he only directs the first one. Okay. I don't think he, he doesn't write any of it. So he's kind of removed from it. I mean, he's a big part of it, of course, but because he didn't write it, I think that helps a lot, especially when he's dealing with something that's so much about homophobia. Mm -hmm. So I think it helps a lot that that, yeah. Yeah. So I highly, highly recommend it. Okay. Yes. Yes, mistress. Um, (laughs) and then the other show that he's appeared in and we won't spend too much time on it because I know we're going to be covering it for your podcast is ratchet, 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 ratchet. (sighs) Yeah. And, um, so he plays the, uh, Sarah Paulson's characters, uh, her brother Mm -hmm. and he's very good in it. It kind of, it's been a while since I watched it, but it kind of throws you for a bit of a loop because you're like okay he's this like you know kind of psychotic baddie or whatever but then kind of not I don't know I wasn't (laughs) all I'll say right now about that series is it's for me it was classic Ryan Murphy and where I was like oh like the first half I was all for it it's beautifully shot I love the aesthetic but it just kind of fell off the wayside towards the last half because I'm just like what the fuck is happening here so I am a little excited to re-watch it for uh for when we record on on your pod to see if anything if any of my opinions have changed or you know just kind of watching it under a more closer eye more watchful eye but so I am excited to so I I didn't re-watch Ratchet for this today's recording but I will definitely watch it for yours but he there's just like, and I think there's a gif where he's like turning around, but he's all got a weird posture and like a mm-hmm. creepy smile and everything. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, oh, it's so creepy and unsettling. But I love when he does creepy and unsettling. It works. <laughs> I think between like the hair and he's got the eyes that can do creepy and unsettling and still with a dash of sexy. So I think that's why I like him in these more messed up, fucked up kind of roles. But yeah, Ratchet, we'll go, we'll do deep dive on your, on your pod, but that was, he's, I, I enjoyed seeing him in it. <laughs> it's 
what I'll he's say. He's fun to watch in that. Yeah. I mean, whew, he is fun to watch his body of work in that. <laughs> his body. Yeah, he's so good. He's so good in that. And I want to just quickly say, because he is so unsettling and creepy and in a lot of that. But then you see him with animals and it's amazing what he does with that because he becomes like this little kid. Yeah. And he doesn't want to hurt animals and he loves animals and he gets so excited to see farm animals. And it's so adorable. I just wanted to add that because I think it's such an interesting thing to see with this guy who's so violent and he murders people, violently murders people. Mm -hmm. And then you see him with these animals like, I can't, I can't harm a chicken. I can't kill a chicken. (laughs) It's so adorable. He's he's adorable. Even when he's doing (laughs) dark, fucked up things. So. All right. Well, we will start. We'll begin to wrap this up. Um, He does have a handful of upcoming roles. Some I'm more excited to see than others. Um, But, you know, he's been cast as a Green Lantern for HBO Max's Green Lantern TV series. Um, No premiere date yet. I think that's still in production. Mm -hmm. Then he's going to have a Netflix original movie come out sometime this year. uh, The Luckiest Girl Alive. And then <laughs> this is the one I'm looking forward to. I'm so glad I get to say this, this handful of words together. Disney's erotic thriller. Just let that marinate. Okay. And it's called deep water. And I guess it'll be released on Hulu date date to be determined. Um, Cause I think there's been some back and forth on whether or not that who is going to release it and whatever, but Disney's erotic thriller, you guys, what the fuck? I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm very excited for this one. Like I said, watch. He'll be in there for like two minutes. Oh, I'm God. So no shit. <laughs> oh, and then he's also going to have another short come out called Louie, and it's going to star him, a Finnan family. So it's got him, his dad and his brother will be will all be appearing in that. So as much as I love the big boy pants short, I'm I'm very curious as to what Louie will be. And I, I kind of want to see Papa Whitwalk. <laughs> We've seen the brother, Dylan. He's a little cutie patootie. But now I'm just like, all right, let's see where let's they get it Papa. from. Yeah, let's see Papa Whitwalk. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as we start wrapping this up. Any other stray bubbles you have floating around? Anything that uh, you didn't get a chance to bring up? Now's your chance to pop them bubbles. Yes. Go watch um, the short called Nominated with Finn playing himself <laughs> where he's going. He's going to the he's going to the Emmys and um, he's going he, he, his car doesn't show up. So he takes, takes a lift and it's it's hilarious. It's really funny. Um, so just go watch that. You can watch that on YouTube. Yeah, it's I like think 11 a- minutes or something. It's like a funny or die yeah. thing. Yep. Yeah, that's really good. So I just wanted to make sure to mention that that's it's hilarious. So definitely watch that. And, you know, he's very, very his big passion is the environment. So if you follow him on Twitter, that's pretty much all <laughs> Almost the majority of what he does. So and and I also just think it's cool that he's very supportive of his fans like I, th- I think that's sometimes rare, but I think he's a very, very humble person. So I just want to say that I, it makes it easier to be a fan of someone who's humble. So. Yeah. yeah. And come on my show. <laughs> yeah. Finn, 
Go on Aaron's podcast. It's called It's a Fandom Thing. Find her on Twitter <laughs> at Fandom Thing. No, it's in that. Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that. I'm not Carla. I don't have it <laughs> completely oh, down. I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> and as an added bonus, I did watch Halloween Town High. Oh, yeah. I watched part of that. <laughs> Yesterday, because apparently I didn't have anything fucking better to do than to watch some early 2000 Disney original movie. So it's from 2004 and it's super 2004. I couldn't help but giggle at all the useless skinny scarves. Everyone like the main character wore a couple of times. I had a bunch of them. I still have them. I love the useless skinny scarf fad. I loved it. But I couldn't handle this movie. And so I only fast forward and I only watched. Finn's bits. <laughs> Finn's bits. Finn's bits. And he is adorable. Too old to be playing a high school student, but you know, you're going to have that. But he was the main character's kind of love interest. He has a crush on her, but she keeps running off to do witchy things. And yet he's still so smitten. And then, oh, he's just adorable. And it's just such a corny fucking movie because it's a Disney original movie and everything. And it's a safe movie, a family friendly and all of that. But he is so stinking cute. He is like the purest, the purest I've ever seen him. Oh my God. It's true. (laughs) It's true. That's why you'll see all those TikToks. How did this become this? Right. <laughs> oh my God. Like, like a Halloween town high fin next to um locating Silver Lake South. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. How it started, how it's going. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I I did get that one. And I, I don't know why, but adorable, 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 adorable. So all right. On to our streaming recommendation. So before we pop off, what's been streaming in your bubble? I actually was able to watch stuff that wasn't just podcast prep. Uh, Isn't that always exciting? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. Uh, So the new Hulu series, Pam and Tommy, about Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, and especially their sex tape, is out. And the first three episodes are available. And then I think they're going to go to weekly releases after Mm -hmm. that. And it's really good, very entertaining. Um, it, there's a whole scene. <laughs> I have to bring this up every time where there is a certain appendage on her Tommy Lee that talks. And it is one of the most ridiculous but awesome things I have ever seen on the show. It's amazing. It's 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 an it's not a real, it's not the real thing, by the way. So sorry to disappoint anybody, any Sebastian <laughs> Stan fans out there, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that one's good. I started watching the We Need to Talk About Cosby docuseries oh. on Showtime on Bill Cosby. I only watched the first two episodes. It's it's hard to watch, but it's a really good one. Um, and then I watched the movie Nightmare Alley. I'm oh, again yeah. gonna complain about Bradley Cooper not being in the conversation for an Oscar nomination because dang it, he deserves it. Really good. It's the new Guillermo del Toro movie. Uh, it's a remake of an older movie, and it was also a book, I believe, too. Um, it takes place in like late 30s and then to the to 1941. All about a guy who works in the carnival, played by Bradley Cooper, uh, as a mind seer kind of person, uh, fortune teller. Who, of course, he's a, is a scam artist, but it's very noir feeling. Um, and like I said, Bradley Cooper is so so good in it. There's if you're looking for movies with more male nudity, full male nudity. There's brief moment with Bradley Cooper fully 
fully nude. Oh, fully nude. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of bleak and you miss it, but it, it's, I mean, that, that part, the frontal part. Is it? Poor Bradley. It. No, <laughs> not because of <laughs> not as an insult. <laughs> no, no, it's just the way that sounded. <laughs> oh, right on. I no, know, I, you can watch that on Hulu or HBO Max. It's both. Um, I've heard of, you know, I've heard of the Pam and Tommy series. I, I thought it for whatever reason, I thought it was going to be a movie. So I was like, oh, it's a series. All right. And then when I heard that um, his penis was going to have a speaking role and the actor that was going to voice it is that Jason. Oh, what's his last name? But he was in like the good place and he's got like crazy wild hair and he's loud and he's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Um, um I don't know. Yeah, in the oh, in the good place. I'm thinking of somebody else. Then I didn't even I didn't even know who voiced the penis. Honestly, well, and I don't I don't know if it was true because I only saw like screenshots and headlines and stuff on Twitter. But I was just like, God, I hope that's true because while I've never th- had any thought about what Tommy Lee's dick would sound like, for some reason that dude's voice fits. <laughs> that works for me. It's like Jason. Jason, yes. And that Jason Mansukas. Yeah, I've never been able, even when I practice, I'm still not. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was the most bizarre thing. <laughs> that is fucking wild and hilarious. It's so bizarre. I don't know if I'll end up watching the Pam and Tommy, but it sounds entertaining at least. And the cast looks great. So I didn't realize like Nick Offerman's like so many other people were, were going to be in it, but. Yeah, Seth Rogen's really good in it too. Oh, that's right. I did see like photos he had posted, mm-hmm. like from the character, like the clothes, <laughs> like the period clothes he was wearing, like the 80s, 90s, or whatever. And I will have to say that when movies take place like in the 80s, so like when I was watching A Normal Heart, I kind of kept forgetting that it took place in the 80s because people didn't look 80s enough. And that's something that always bothers me about anything that takes place in like the 80s or 90s is that your hair is not big enough. Your clothes aren't obnoxious enough. The shoulder pads aren't big enough. Like there's all these little things where I'm like, I get that, you know, I I get what you're doing, whatever. You're not focusing on that, but it's very distracting. (laughs) And I think that was one of the things that I loved about like the first season of stranger things was the accuracy of the eighties and and what they depicted because everyone smoked everywhere. And I always appreciate when that is shown. And they did show some smoking in uh, Halloween Town High, just someone in the background at the food court in the mall. And I remember <laughs> those days as well. So I was like, ha ha, see, that's accurate because it's <laughs> taking place in present day. I haven't had a lot of non pod prep watch lately. Whenever I don't have pod prep, I don't know what to watch. And I always end up doing rewatches, which is fine because it's comforting and, and, and all of that. But I get so lost. But it's been, it's been the Finn. Finn flicks. Um, gonna be switching over to Swayze Crazy here this week and Marvelous Mrs. Maisel season two because I've got recordings on those coming up. Uh, husband and I are watching Book of Boba Fett, and then we started Peacemaker on HBO and totally fucking digging that show. And I I like John Cena as as this actor, as this character. And when we started watching it the other day, I was like, is it just me or is John Cena slowly morphing into Ernest? Like, does Ernest just go <laughs> to be a superhero or supervillain or whatever? And he's looking, he's like, kind of, like kind of a jacked <laughs> Ernest. 
That's funny. <laughs> so that's about it for me for now. But um, yeah, so Aaron, tell us, where can we find you? Where can we listen? Where can we follow and stalk you? I mean, just follow. Stalk you. <laughs> don't stalk Erin, um, guys. That's not nice. Yes, please don't stalk me. Uh, you can find my podcast. It's a fandom thing on all podcast platforms. Uh, be sure to you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. We're also on TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. Um, or you can email us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. Finn, I'm talking to you. Yep. Finn, Finn, are you listening? I'm, I'm doing an episode on Magnolia which I happen to know you, you like, cause you said that on the podcast. So, you know, I don't have anyone on that panel yet, which makes me very sad. So come talk about that movie with me because it's my favorite movie. <laughs> so you have an open invitation that's in November. So it's a way away. Oh it's yeah. Plenty away. of time to plan and, and coordinate <laughs> schedules and everything. Yeah. And you know, he supports independent indie artists and really like, that's what you are. So come on, Finn. Exactly. Show your so support, support me. Support one me. of your biggest fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can, if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, it's at E April beauty, the E and the A and the B are capitalized. So thank you. Right on. <laughs> well, this has been fantastic <laughs> and fantabulous and all the other fin related puns. Uh, <laughs> so I want to thank you, Aaron, for uh, joining me today so we could have this discussion and yeah. And I love having you on. I love being able to watch these movies and just being more familiar with Finn's body of work. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so until next time, my bubblies, thank you for listening and keep streaming. Bye. Bye. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to let me know by rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcast fix. Follow me on Twitter at Streaming Bubble. Find me on Facebook and Instagram as My Streaming Bubble. Have thoughts, suggestions, questions, or want to be tolerated? Email me at MyStreamingBubble at gmail.com. If you want to show your love and support for this little old podcast in monetary form, search My Streaming Bubble over at BuyMeACoffee.com and buy me a cheese wedge. And if you want to take that love and support to the next level, head over to Redbubble where you can find and purchase My Streaming Bubble merch. All monetary support goes right back into this podcast from new recording equipment to night cheese. Thanks for your support and keep streaming.